sorry. Teen white shirts over slacks, tag on a front book, bag on a back, pair of black socks and a shoe with a hole. The work must go forward, so here, here we go. Whether in a car, on a bike, or they hiking, they got a fresh message and it's there for the liking. Going door to door, seeking out elect. And if it's bad timing, yo, no disrespect. Think of that, Carl. Everywhere Kurt. they go, seem to bring a good feeling. And if you need some help, yo, you know they're more than you know willing. the song. Take a good man and make him oh. to a better man. Anywhere from Argentina up to the Netherlands. Bring your glasses so you can read the passes. They got six classes and a book for the masses. Modern revelation. In the old temples and prophets, plus there's not a human hand that could ever stop I it. Stop it. Curran, what up? What's up? Welcome to the JOJ. Thanks for having me. You know what that stands for? No. You ever watched the movie North Shore? I haven't. Oh my god. You call yourself surfer. I've seen Surf's Up. That's good enough. No, it's not. <laughs> not enough. Get up on that mic. JOJ, the North Shore. The cheesiest, but OG, cheesy Hollywood surf movie. Your homework is to go watch that okay. this week before, right. before I head out. you head out on your mission. Where are you headed? Fort Collins, Colorado. Now, there's not many. Are you 19 or 20? 21. 21. Not many 21-year-olds have had two mission calls. Yeah. It's pretty you, neat. You're one of those. I know. Where was the first mission call? Uh, it was Salt Lake, Salt Lake City West. All right. So we're doing this because you went out to Salt Lake City West Mission, and then you came home a little early, and you've been home for how long? Uh, I think about four months, three, four months. I got home in, at the end of September, so beginning of October, I guess. Okay. So, so it's been, what, four months? So this is about coming home from mission, and then you're getting ready to go back out. Yes. To your second mission. That's right. To Fort Collins, Colorado. Now, I did a little research. You're not the only one to come home for mission early. This we're not talking about COVID. So there's a there's some there's there's research on why do missionaries come home, and it's kind of broken into thirds. I'm, I'm going to go through these with you, and we're not going to get into why you went home. I'm assuming you were one of these three categories. It doesn't matter why, because what we want to talk about is the journey back. But uh, see if you knew this. A third come home for mental health reasons. A third generally come home for physical health reasons. And a third come home for unresolved transgression or for chronically breaking mission rules. So that's there's obviously some outliers, yeah. but those are the three main categories. And there's uh, it probably wasn't easy coming home. No, yeah, totally. It was... I don't know, like leading up to it a little bit, I was um, like, I guess it was like a little stressed. I was a little anxious. I don't know. I was just like, didn't know really what to expect, like coming home. I knew it was like going to be kind of hard. It was going to be, you know, like. Look at that, that picture. In that picture. I stare was, at that picture. <laughs> I don't want to stare at stare it too at, long. <laughs> I want you to stare at that picture. What, were you, what was going through your mind right there? You know, I was, that was definitely I don't know. Coming home, seeing my mom and everything, that was just kind of, I wasn't crying because I was like mad or like mad at myself. I was just like genuinely just super excited, happy to see my family. Tears of joy. Tears of joy, basically. And I don't know, like just kind of bringing it back. I, I guess I was like a couple days, I was just kind of like stressed. I was going through like, you know, um, as everybody, I guess that has come home early is kind of like scared what, what to expect. And I generally was just like, 
I am just scared to see how my family, you know, reacts like to me just coming home. I was just scared about my, my brothers being the oldest, you know, sibling. I was scared like, oh, I'm setting like, I don't know, a bad example for them because what if they go out on a mission or what if they, you know, choose not to and go, you know, Cameron, he didn't like serve full time. He came home early, you know, kind of a deal. So I was just like a little sad, like, I, I don't know, I was a little scared. To, you know, what the ripple effect of you coming home would do. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's natural. So why I want to do this is, um, you're not the first, uh, guy I, I like and love and know well that has come home. Uh, my normal podcast, we talk about addiction recovery and my co-host Jay came home from his mission early and he actually went to two missions too. Um, and I've talked to many people that have gone through that experience. Um, and they haven't, uh, most of them had, haven't, landed as uh, successfully and relaunched as you. And part of that, I think it was culture has changed over the years. Um, and part of it has been you and part of it's been just a lot of things. So we want to, I want to get to dive into your journey and I think it'll be very, very helpful. All right. Um, the, so the, the fears of first coming home where I'm going to restate was the ripple effect of what is this going to do to my family? Yeah. My mom, my dad, my brothers and sisters. Yeah. Okay. That was your first like inkling. And, yeah. and the, and I've, li I've listened to a couple podcasts with talking about this subject and it's always been moms talking about how, how scared and like bad they felt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But what about the kid? Like you, I'm hearing what you think the kid thinks, but do you think your mom knew everything was going through your head? Um, I don't, I, I guess no, no offense to your mom, but did, did your mom know everything was going through your head? Yeah, no, she, she even talked to me like, um, about it when I got home, she was like, you know, I was scared that you wouldn't, you know, want to, I don't know, like be accepted or I mean like acceptance of, you know, coming home and everything like that. She was just like, um, a little scared, I guess, of what the outcome was going to be whether I stay in the church or not. So I guess she kind of, I, I, that was obviously kind of going through my head as well. And I don't know, I, I guess like, yes, she kind of did know what was kind of going through my head. And I bet there was like a lot going, a lot more, maybe even going through her head. Might've been more. Yeah. So, so like, cause what are the, cause as a mom, what's the ripple effect similar, what's the ripple effect of this going to be on our family? Yeah. Um, things like that. Um, and, and we talked about this briefly before we came in here, we did a little pre pod interview, but, um, the, the traject, what, when you come home and I would say when any traumatic thing happens, you're not going to stay exactly where you are. You're going to, you're going to either go one way or the other. It's like, you're not going to be the same human being yeah. out of this experience. And, and to from my experience, tell me if you have. Uh, seen this or or vision this two trajectories you're uh, i'm going to put in a bunch of adjectives and one of them could be like you're highly offended highly hurt feeling very judged and you're going to bounce on the church and people and you may and people may offend you with stupid questions that they don't know how to ask or you're going to come out way stronger like yeah. you're not going to stay the same no, totally. spiritually fit emotionally at that point. Yeah. Did you feel you were, did you see that fork in the road? 
Yeah, then like personally. Yeah, personally, like at the beginning, I saw that like that fork in the road. I knew I had to make a decision, right? Like whether I take one path or the other, you know. And why? Uh, why do you think that is? Like, why is though? It's interesting, but that's, yeah, no, but like you know what you said, like you can't just like stay in the middle, right? You got to either either you you know choose to keep living the gospel standards, you know, after coming home, or you just kind of like are meh, you know, with it, like you said, and then it, it, it'll probably eventually lead to, you know, oh, you know just screw this or I'm out. Because we're going to get into some surf analogies. You and I have been on a few surf trips, been That's in right. a few airports, skateboarding around, getting to terminal to terminal. Um, and so you ready for some surf analogies and we'll rate it to a mission? Yeah, hit me. Well, number one, you're named after one of the greatest surfers of all time. That's right. Tom Curran. Um, and it's even spelled like Tom Curran, right? Is, Not yeah. the other Timmy Curran. No. Tom Curran. So th there's a statement that many prophet has said, which is every worthy and able young man should prepare for and serve a mission. You grew up hearing that, right? Mm -hmm. That puts a lot of pressure on it. So here's an analogy. If your dad better your grandpa bought a plot of land on a perfect point break and like this is where the family's going to be my 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 family from here on out's going to live on this point break is there going to be an expectation yeah obviously. Uh, well, what's that going to expectation going to be surf every you're, day you're going to surf right <laughs> you're going to surf yeah right you're going to be out in that water oh yeah now surfing is different for everyone. So you and I surf, uh, we're not beginners. We'll just leave it at that. But when you surf at a level, maybe we're at, we can kind of argue over different types of surfing, right? Uh -huh. Like it gets silly. If, if you heard us talk and you didn't surf, you'd be like, oh, they're being super judgmental, <laughs> right? We're like, oh, you're riding a single fin. Oh, it's, you ride a thruster. Oh, you're riding quad. a mid length. You're on a quad. Oh, you boogie board, <laughs> you body surf. Like there's, but there's a bunch of different no, ones, right? True. But would that grandparent, be disappointed if you're out there body surfing or maybe if you grew up surfing or was always, I guess, I don't know. There's different, but, but if you're, what would he be disappointed at if you actually didn't even do that? Right. That's true. Yes. Right. Like if you're out there enjoying the waves and like, Hey, one grandkids yeah. going finless and one kid's body surfing <laughs> it and one kid's longboarding it and one grandkids shortboarding it. Oh yeah. Then it's great. Like, it's there, like this is great. Yeah. One's fishing out there off a board, paddleboarding even. Yeah. So, so in the church, sometimes we get we get a little nitpicky because we're like those surfers. We're like, oh well, you know, foreign missions better than a stateside mission, or stateside's better than a foreign or foreign language, yeah. or oh, you went to Utah, right? Like that was probably, I don't know. Some oh people, yeah, no, some I, was, like, <laughs> I was totally like that. Um, I didn't really expect it. I mean. Like talking to, uh, I talked to state president. This was kind of like during COVID, right? So people were all coming home from their like missions, um, because the because COVID because of COVID, yeah. Uh, whether they were stateside and had like health, I don't know, like a series of health things in the past, so they had to come home, or you were in a foreign mission, um, you came home. So I like turned my papers in right there, like right a couple, like a week or two before that happened. And so it took like a ton of time for me to like get my papers back or like an okay. answer back. 
because it, it, we were in a flex situation. Exactly. And then like state president, he was kind of talking to me. He's like, I wouldn't be surprised if you got like sent stateside. So I was kind of like hyping myself up for stateside. That's like, I was like hey, uh, you're going to be a boogie boarder. <laughs> for the rest of your life, you're going to have to live with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. No, no. Um, and I think they like to be called body boarders, right? Yeah, no, that's so. that's the other states. I think um, Utah qualifies as like paddle boarding. If you get, <laughs> <laughs> if you get called Utah, that's like... No, um, but it, w- it turned out to be really great. And like my bishop paddleboards. Oh, he does. Yeah. Well, sorry, how cool is that? about that bishop. No, but like how much cooler is that than just like not going? <laughs> yeah, no, true. Like take advantage of, I mean, living here too. It's right. Just, living on the coast, you got to go to the beach every day as much as you can. But um, no, yeah, like I was saying, I when I read that column and heard like read Utah, Salt Lake City, West Mission, I was just like, I don't know. I was like excited, but like a little surprised that that would be the place where I would serve two years or plan to serve two years was going to be in Utah, like Salt Lake. And I'd have to come home and tell everybody that that asks me, you know, where'd you serve your mission? Like, oh, Utah, Salt Lake. Uh, yeah. So, but, but again, like who cares? No. Yeah. And that's right? what like, I grew to realize out there on the mission is that like, you know, missions are the same wherever you go. It's basically, you know, whether you're certain, like, Speaking a different language or not, I feel like missions are pretty much the same everywhere you go. Right, but but when we're out there, when we're when we're in the water, sort of speak, or in the field with your buddies, you yeah. kind of rib each other. But at the end of the day, wherever you're at, at least you serve service you know? mission, foreign mission. You're living in the jungle. You're living in like luxury. Like you all get a different experience. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but definitely. but you're out there serving. So. That's that's how I, I, I picture Heavenly Father. Uh, we we're born with the restored gospel, and that's why the prophets are like, hey, every worthy male should serve. But, like, you know, a bishop can't serve because he's had double hip replacements with cancer. Yeah, so, like, he's out paddleboarding. So now you feel a little silly about paddleboarder, right? Yeah. Making fun of him. But <laughs> he could, he can't, he can't prone like normal surf, he can't pop up. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of people with double hip replacements that don't even get in the water. So, so everywhere the male should prepare for and serve, but it doesn't mean everyone can or should, but, but you're out there, then like make the most of it, whether you're on a different, whatever board yeah. you're on. Right. You like that? Yeah. I love okay. That. You're ready for the next one. Yeah. Let's hear it. What's it mean to be caught inside when you're surfing? So when you're caught inside, it's usually, um, there's like a set, uh, most of the time it's usually like what, a set. What, what's a set? So a set is a, usually like the bigger waves that come in, uh, after a certain period of like time, there's usually, you know, like the small ones that like come in every so often. And then usually everybody's waiting for the set waves to come in and they come in like three to five waves at a time. Yeah. And they're usually a lot, like a lot bigger than the ones that are just, you know, that everybody else is surfing on the inside closer to the beach. And so uh, you want to try and make it out there. Whether like you start off right paddling, you know, from the beach, and uh, unless you're on a jet ski, but you usually you start off on the beach paddling. And when that set comes in, or when those big bigger waves come in, right, you have to duck dive under them, or right, because like you can't, if depending on how deep the water is, you can't really like just jump over the waves. So you have to kind of like take it head on, right? You have to duck dive under it, and there's it's usually not just like one wave. Right, unless it's super inconsistent, you usually have to duck dive over several several waves. And, and so, what happens when the wave hits you? You go back. Yeah, you move back, and it's super hard. Like the water's still churning too, and so it's like super hard to like 
keep moving forward. It feels like you're not, you're like paddling with all your like might, but you're like not really going anywhere. So, and when you surf, if you're a surfer, you will get caught inside. Yeah. Have you, have you had the walk around, the walk of shame, we call it, where you like get to the beach, you start to paddle out and you get washed in and oh, you're yeah. back up on the sand. Paddle of shame. Paddle of the walk of shame, paddle of shame. I did this like two weeks ago at Oceanside Pier. It was big and I didn't make it out my first time. And then walked in and then I reevaluated, all right, where, where do I got to paddle out? And then I ended up walking down and it was really big and a lot of current, but, and normally I paddle out by the pier cause there's a little ri- river that runs out, Yeah. but I was afraid the waves would knock you in. Like it was pretty good size, but phew, paddle out dry hair. Second time. Oh, nice. This is like you, man. You had one on a mission. You got a wash up set that washed you in. You got a little walk of shame. And usually that walk of shame, like you look around, like everyone's judging me. No one even cares on the beach, yeah. right? Except maybe one buddy's like, oh, dude, yeah. I did that last week, right? Yeah. Like if you surf, you've all done it. Like I don't care if you're John John Florence or Kelly Slater or Tom Curran. They've all been caught inside. Totally. Um, go watch the Eddie. They had jet skis, right? So we don't have jet skis for the normal person to, to rush you back yeah. out. So, so surf analogy here, you just got caught inside. And then we're not going to go into why. Because sometimes you get caught inside for a variety of reasons surfing, right? So it, let's go back to this beach, this point break that grandpa bought us and we're on, right? And then grandpa shows up. He's like, all right, let's see it. And this, you know, little Johnny goes out and can't paddle out. And it could be a variety of reasons. Maybe he's on the wrong board. Maybe he wasn't prepared. Maybe he just mistimed it. Uh, maybe he got unlucky. Like there's uh, so many reasons for it. Yeah. Maybe he was scared. First time out. My son, Logan, little shout out. He told me years after we were surfing again, Oceanside, very big waves, barrels. It was good. And he went in like in like 20 minutes and he was a little kid. He's like 12, I think. And he went in and he's like, I'm freezing. I'm freezing. I'm like, you got a brand new four, three. How are you cold? Like, look at these waves. It's great. <laughs> and he was like, I'm too cold. It le- right before his mission, he admitted, Dad, I wasn't cold. Oh, he's out of the blue. He's like, yeah. Dad, I, was, I wasn't cold. I was scared. <laughs> and I went in. Well, yeah, nobody, I feel like, wants to admit, like, they're scared of, I don't know, surfing bigger waves. But that's like life, right? Yeah. So sometimes we're like, okay, so surfing's awesome, right? Do you love surfing? I love it. But is it awesome all the time? Not all the time. Like, you go out and you get washed in. You get cuts. You've been hit by a stingray yet? No, luckily, okay. knock on wood. All right. So uh, I've been hit by stingrays a few times and it hurts like I've a heard. mother. I've heard. You got cuts, yep. scrapes. Chewed out did, by. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's <laughs> another one is you get angry like people out there. Oh, shoot, yeah. yet send you in. We were at uh, a year ago right now. My son, Logan, and his buddy, Call, we were in Hawaii and they paddled out at this one spot like early. And the, the locals were out for their morning session. They're like, go in. <laughs> and I got out there and they looked like a ghost had hit them. Yeah. Like they're like, that guy right there told us to paddle in. Yeah. Total tourists. Um, but again, like going on a mission is like going, is like being a surfer. Like when we talk about surfing, we don't talk about all the negative stuff, but there's some stuff that kind of stinks about surfing. Like you got sand in your car, you got cuts, you got sunburn. You get low, angry locals, like everything. And, and my wife's always like, was it fun today? I'm like, yeah, I got two waves. I surfed for two hours. Right. And I got, <laughs> I got two good ones. 
you only got in like she knows like two good ones is like 10 seconds of riding a wave yeah she's like why would you do that like is it that fun we're like well yeah but like the whole thing was like we do it for the whole thing yeah sometimes did you feel like a mission because you've you've served a mission mm -hmm. you hear these adults talk about their missions like it was awesome it was great but then we don't always tell about the hard stuff yeah no i Totally agree. I think that's every, I mean, I feel like that's everybody that kind of just talks about the mission. Nobody really wants to hear like, oh, how like horrible it was. I mean, it does, even if you're like, I feel like if you're trying to go back out or trying to, trying to go out on a mission, you know, it's kind of hard to hear like people just talking about, oh yeah, like I had a, such a hard time. Like we rarely taught anybody, you know, I like my, I got robbed several times. I mean, some people, I love to hear like this crazy stories, you know, like of people like getting held at gunpoint or like knife point. Like if you didn't get that on your mission, you're like, dude, I feel jipped. No, I didn't get robbed. I know, right? <laughs> so that didn't happen to me. I was, I was bummed that didn't happen to me, but um, yeah, no, but other than that, like, you know, having not a lot of people to teach, but um, yeah, I, I, I have, I have to agree. Like people do talk about, you know, how some of the negatives of the mission, but most of the time, you know, people will talk about how you know great it is and it is great. It's awesome. Because actually some of the, we laugh at those hard times, just like with surfing, yeah. like the time we got washed in, we're like, dude, that was fun. Like, you remember those times? Yeah. I don't remember all my good times. I remember the bad times of surfing probably more than like <laughs> all the great waves because totally. those are so fleeting. Like, it's great. And then it's like, oh, I don't want another one. Yeah. But then the, the times it was really hard. And yeah, even in Puerto Rico, that one guy yelled at me when we were out at Domes. Oh, he yelled at me too. <laughs> <laughs> Said I surfed like a tourist. <laughs> That's right. You took it as a compliment though. Yeah. Okay, so you got washed in. We're not going to talk about the reason why you got washed in. We, sh we saw the picture of you hugging your mom. You're crying. You had that fork in the road. Um, let's talk about that, that, the, what I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, but like walking in the church that first Sunday after you get home from mission. I felt like it was something, you know, I knew I had to do. You know, I... When did, when did you first realize like, oh crap, I got to walk, I got to go to church and I got to walk in and see these people that were all at my farewell. I think that's like when I heard that I was going home, I was started. I, I don't know. Everything just started hitting me. I was like, what am I like? What is my ward going to think? What is my state going to think? What are the people? So you talk about the ripple effect of your family reacting. Yeah. But then was second the ward or was that the first thing? I feel like the first thing was like family and like friends. Okay. Like, and then it was like ward stake and then like, yeah, just like everybody. I'm like, I'm just going to be looked so down upon. It's like the walk of shame of surfing. It is kind of like the walk of shame of surfing, I guess. But no, it was, you know, it wasn't anything like close to what I expected at all. So what did you expect? Let's talk about what you expect and then <laughs> what was reality? I just kind of expected um, like me to walk in and have, you know, people just kind of like, notice me and then just kind of like ask, Oh, like, you know, you're, you're home already. Like, I can't believe it's, you know, and I did get like a couple of those or it's like, I can't believe it's been like two years or, you know, people that's like, Oh, like, did you come home early or, you know, just get like all those questions. And I just wasn't ready, you know, to just answer that question not, on the spot. No one prepares you for those, but, but at the same time as the guy that's in the war, like, what do we say? What, yeah. what would be the right question? Cause the other ways we don't say anything. 
Because that's, and then it's like, oh, everyone ignores me and yeah. cold shoulders me. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's almost like a no win. Exactly. And I on, honestly was just like, I hope they kind of just like ignore me because I Did don't you? really want to talk to like anybody like just like right now. Because um, it was. Um, Do you I, really wish they'd ignore you? Because you said it worked out well. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that I came home on general conference weekend. So I didn't have to go to church the first oh, Sunday. Oh, that's so nice. That's nice. I had a like week of just like. Just preparing myself for that, okay. that Sunday, but yeah. Um, and then, do you remember? Don't name the name, but do you remember the first person when you walked into the church building that greeted you or saw you? Like, had that look like, "Oh, hey, Curran," and you're like, oh, "There's the first, the first person you interacted with like that." Oh man, I I can't even. I, I feel bad. They probably know, but it's all right. I you no, know, was, you're dealing with a lot. It was, I feel like a, a couple, a bunch of people just kind of like came running up to greet me, you know, Bishop um, was there. He came up, gave me a big hug, you know, um, uh, brother Montierith, Dave Montierith. You don't need to name names. Or, okay. But, but he, you remember people specifically like faces and that, yeah. that it like slow down. Like, this is surreal. This is weird. Like, yeah, there's a lot of faces that I like remember that were coming up to, you know, greet me and like welcome me back. And there's like a bunch of people who I, who were like new to the ward coming and welcoming me. And I was, you know, it was, it was, it was great. Okay. So what, um, what are some things that would not be good to say to you? So if I'm, if I'm listening to this and I'm in a ward and I'm like, Oh, little Johnny's coming home and it's look at the clock, like doing the math. And they're like, it's only been 14 months or 10 <laughs> months or whatever the math is. Um, what would be, what would be some appropriate ways to dress you that, or you could go there or the not what are some not, what are some, okay, let's do that. What are some things that like not good to say to you? <laughs> um, I feel like don't name names like sister of whatever told me this. No, no, no. It was, it wasn't like that. I, I feel like majority of the people, like practically everybody was really nice, really, really welcoming to me coming home. But I feel like maybe some of the negatives would be like, you know, when are you going back out? You know, I know you're like, maybe you don't say, I know you're home early, but you're like, you served like 14 months or. Cause you know, I asked you that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, like you were, you're a lot, I feel like you phrased it a lot better. You know, you wanted me, you wanted the best you know, for me. And you know, I feel like people kind of have to figure that out on their own rather or not. They want to like, go. but I asked you that. I think after I, and I don't know, it, it was, I think you expressed that you're planning on going back out. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well then that's my, no, that's a lot. Question. That's a lot different. If it's, if I like kind of, if I'm like, yeah, I'm going so back if out. You, if you, back out. if you don't know the context from the individual, then don't ask when you're going back out. I guess. Yeah. And especially if it's their, you know, first Sunday kind of being back, they're already kind of in a lot of, um, stress or, you know, in a stressful situation where if you ask that, if you ask a question like, oh yeah, when are you going back out? Or yeah. why are you home? Right. <laughs> you know, kind of a deal. Then it's just kind of like puts them in a situation where like, uh, like, I don't know if I want to answer that right now. Yeah. If I just make up so something. On sometimes we think that everyone, because we're like a, am, we're a amateur clergy, no professionals. We expect everyone in the congregation to be like, know what to say the right time. Yeah. But like the fact that you had a good experience is like shocking. Cause like, we're just a bunch of schmucks and like, we're not, there's some very non well go to fast testimony. Meeting. There's some people that aren't well-spoken Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and, and they don't know how to say things in the right way. And so they're just like very blunt, you know, people on the spectrum with autism and they're like, 
You're, oh, yeah. you're home. It's only been 10 months. Where you been? <laughs> that's, that's my brother. No, he doesn't, he doesn't have autism, but, <laughs> my, but my, my brother was just like that. He was like, why, why are you home? Or like, you know, just like it's very matter of fact. Point. Yeah. Very, very matter of the fact for sure. Okay. So if you don't know the missionary coming home, you don't know the situation, don't ask why are you home and when are you coming back? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Anything else not to some some knots of people I mean I think generally speaking most word want to help I yeah. think ignoring it it because we go to that that fork right so if you happen to be on the fork of like screw church screw you people and you ignore it, you're like see those people didn't like me anyways they're fake they didn't even say hi to me when I walked yeah. back in <laughs> yeah no that's 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 totally true I feel like you know but I don't know I feel like we're all you know we're all having our own struggles. We're all in, you know, in, in this world and in, in our lives, we all have different lives. We all have different things we struggle with. I feel like everybody in the ward, you know, has something they struggle with, or I'm not, I don't want to say that because that's, maybe that's not true. No, that's no, very true. But it's very true. You know, I feel like we're not the ones to be, you know, judging, you know, others if, you know, we're going through a similar situation or like a situation where we're struggling as well. Yeah, it's good. Um, anything that you'd recommend to say? I don't know. Like, I feel like one of the greatest things was we're so, you know, glad to have you back or, you know, that was probably one of the best things I feel like that was said to me when I came home. It's like, we are so happy that you're back. And that was just said by several people in my ward to me, you know, we're so happy that you're back. We're so glad to have you, you know, back in the ward. And for most of the part, you know, they didn't even know that I had come home early. They thought I had served because it's been such a long time. I yeah. was out for about 18 months and came home. So they figured it had already been two years and they're already, you know, they were like, we're so glad to have you back. You know, thank you so much for, you know, your service and you know things like that. That just really made me feel like so welcome in the church, you know, and I don't know. It just was really nice to hear that. That's cool. Okay. What, uh, Parents, you have great parents. Oh yeah, they're not perfect. No parents are perfect. Yeah. What uh, and and don't don't feel like the recommendation you give here would be like condemning the parents, but like parents parents don't always handle things like they don't they're not prepared for this situation, right? It was like even on their side, it's like what do we say? Yeah, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um. The we're glad to have you back, but like, what are some suggestions for how parents would handle this situation? Um, I, I, and I will couch it as I think most parents would be like, they want to make sure you're safe physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yeah, those are like basics. Those are the three basic things, and so they want to make like physically okay, you're good, and then want to focus on the emotional and spiritual well-being of you. Yeah, totally. Um. Well, I, I called home to just kind of like notify my parents, just to let them know, you know, what was going on, what were, was happening. Were you the one that notified them? Um, yes, I, I was the one who called them. So it was kind of like all happening. And, you know, I was just like, you know, I kind of just want to talk to my family, want to talk to my parents and just kind of let them know what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And just to make, you know, so they're not just like wondering how I'm doing. And it was like it was P-Day, too. So I was able to call home. It was a normal call day. Yeah. And okay. so, so they're like expecting your call. Yeah. Okay. And so I call, I just call my mom. I usually just call my mom and they're, she's usually with the family and, but she was at a activity. And so I just kind of called her first. I was like, Hey mom, like, how's it going? And then just like, it was just like frozen for a little bit. 
and I just kind of like broke down, like just kind of crying. And she's like, you know, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? And I was just kind of talking to her, you know, about what's going on, what I'm going through and everything like that. And something, you know, she was telling me is that like how proud she was, you know, of me. And I feel like that just, that just kind of like made my day, made my, you know, that whole week or that, that whole week or time of that was just like kind of struggling or, you know, is that you're, she's you're dreading this call, this conversation? I was dreading it. Yeah. And I was dreading it more when I was, had to call my dad. <laughs> I didn't want to call my dad because he had served, you know, a full two year mission and everything. So I was just kind of like scared that he would, I don't know. I just was Did like, you, you thought your mom would typically stereotypically moms are going to be more the loving, more loving more. and the dad's <laughs> like cut to the chase a little bit more direct. Oh yeah. Snap out of it. You know? Um, but you know, it was, it was great when they said, you know, they're proud of me and that they loved me and no matter, you know, what I did in life, that wasn't going to change anything. And that made me feel so much better, you know, about what I was going through. Cause I hadn't talked to that. It had been like maybe a couple of days that I was just kind of like, um, struggling a lot more. And then when I like, you know, called them that just kind of like cleared everything up basically when they said, you know, there's nothing that you can do that. We can't you know, help you get through, you know, we can, we're always here for you. We're proud of you. And you know, just all those. So that's perfect. Cause, cause guess what? That's what heavenly father is all about. Exactly. So we in life we're it's, it's a funny thing in life's a funny thing. We, we know we're not perfect. We know we're going to screw up, but we're not supposed to screw up, but we know we're going to, uh-huh. but then if we do mess up, we know that heavenly father will forgive us. And not only that, we will be completely forgiven. And not only that, once we're forgiven, we're going to be better off because of going through that process. And so like this, like you'd never, I don't say never, right? Like I, I, Here's, I hope my son doesn't come home, but I know if he does and he goes through what you are going to, we're going to go through this whole journey, he'd be better off. Like it's going to make him a better human being because he went through that. This is called a repentance process. Like repentance has a negative connotation. I think like, oh, you screwed up. You got to repent. Repent just means change. Yeah. All we're doing is changing and getting better. And so, um, so uh, when I say you repented, it just means you're a changed person now than you were four months. You had home four months. Yeah. Are you a different person today than you were four months ago? I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So guess what? A better person. Yeah. You're, that, that's repentance. So, so that's, that's the process. Um, that's the end result of that. And, um, so that's, that's awesome. So let's go through the, so you went through that first Sunday. It, it sounds like it was handled pretty well. Um, what advice would you give to someone? You kind of alluded to it that like everyone's going through no deals, but what if happened if someone does say something silly to you and like, why, Kern, I, can't, I knew you would make it or, or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that would just be like, I, I don't even know what I would say. Like, you shouldn't say anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> just like ignore <laughs> them. Like, all right, buddy. Like, I don't know. So what I, I don't know if this helps, but sometimes I give this advice to my own kids. Like if a homeless person told you those things would it affect you at all like no offense to homeless people but like that person out on the corner that's like you don't have a relationship with that that has no impact on your life like they care and they like said whatever hurtful words to you is that gonna hurt your feelings no no so like we are in control 
how we react to it. So, so sometimes if someone says something off color or not in context, they may be going through something really hard. Maybe they are dealing with something. Uh, if they're trying to hurt you, there's a saying in AA, like hurt people, hurt other people. Yeah. Or they're just say it out of ignorance. So I think it's important to keep that in contact. But luckily, you didn't have to really deal with that except for your brother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, true. All right. So let's talk about this this journey. So what... Um, um, I'm assuming you were released. Were you released as a missionary? Yeah. yeah. So released as a missionary and you're just like a normal dude. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he knew I was going to be, I guess, here for just like a little bit, whether or not I, you know, was going to go back out. You know, he was just going to be like, yeah, well, I'm going to you know, stay present. Have it like set me apart. Just basically right when I got there, actually, on the airport or right as I, you know, landed, he was there. He was at the airport? Yeah, he was at the airport. State president was there at the airport. Okay. And, you know, my bishop was actually there as well. And he was hopping on the flight to go to Utah, okay. actually, to go watch General Conference. So it was really neat that he, you know, welcomed me home. And then state president, uh, state president welcomed me home as well. So, yeah, and then that's when he set me apart. You mean release you? Or release, sorry. Release you. Okay. So then, then what? Like, when you're on a mission, one of the great things, like, you got to schedule yeah. Did you have any schedule at all? Like when I was back? So I don't know. What day did you come home? I came home, I think it was like a Friday. I think I it think, was Friday night. And then I think you and I surfed Saturday, right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, like I had kind of like a schedule, I guess. My mom wanted to um, make sure that I like had a schedule to just kind of keep myself busy. right? Because I feel like when we're just like kind of alone or when we're like sitting down, we have nothing really to do. Um, we just kind of like, I don't know. I, I tend to get like a little like depressed even, you know, cause I'm like, I'm not doing anything right now. And all my buddies out there serving a mission, right. They're actually doing something and I'm just here sitting at home, you know, not really doing a whole lot. So you ready for another surf analogy? Yeah. Let's <laughs> when the waves are good, there's generally a current in the water, yeah. right? Like when we've got good waves, there's swell in the water, there's a current and it's usually running left or right. Or sometimes in. If we're out there and we're not paddling at all, what happens? We're just getting. We're moving. Moving, yeah. Right. So we're either moving to the right, to the left, in. Sometimes it's pulling you out past the waves, right? But there's generally a current. You can't just sit in one spot when there's good waves. Yeah. That's what life is. We know in life there's the adversary. We're told about the world, right? So we we can't just sit still. So when you get home and if you're idle or doing nothing, there's still a pressure, there's still a current on you, and it's gonna drag you towards the world. And and I and I my belief is like even with these with our devices that are just feeding information to us all the time, entertainment and and just stuff to us all the time. Um the that's the case even more. So that so being busy is key. So did your mom help structure that? Did you like, how did that? Yeah. How did you keep busy and how did you get that structure? Actually, when I, right when I got home, um, it was that Sunday we were having dinner with my, with my cousins, and my uncle, you know, uncle Russ served my mission with uncle Russ. Right. And so, um, he had his son. So my, my cousin, he, he actually served the same mission as me. He's actually my trainer. That's a, that's a different story for a different day, but 
Um, he worked this job as like Kona Ice snow cone driver. So that's he kind of like told me about the job. They're like, oh yeah, they're having a job opening. Um, you can totally just like go. Just here's his number. Give him a call. And so I was like, I don't know how long I was going to be here. So I'm like, I might as well just get a job, you know, make some money while I'm here. So called him up and then got a job. And so I was able to work a whole lot during that time that, or this time that I was here at home. So that just, that kind of kept me busy, I guess. But yeah, to answer your question, my mom did help me a lot just to kind of like plan out my day to day, like schedule if I didn't have work. Did you, did you accept that readily or did you kind of push back? I was kind of pushing back a little bit. (laughs) So I can imagine that, but like, that's very good of your mom. So good recommendation is a parent help structure a busy schedule for you. Yeah, totally. Okay. So job, you had a job, you surfed fair amount. Uh What about spiritually? Spiritually, I made sure on that schedule, um, my mom always put like reading the scriptures and I was, I made it a goal to try to like finish the Book of Mormon by the end of the year. And I got super close. I didn't finish it. Um, I also like started super late. I started in like, I think September started from like first Nephi and I was just trying to like finish it. Okay. So but, was this, did you battle yourself with this? Cause it sounds like you were like making all the right choices. Was this an easy decision or did you have some internal battles of like, screw it? Like, I just want to go sit in a van down by Sano and like <laughs> not doing this stuff. No, at the beginning I was totally like, I want to get back out so bad. Like yeah. I want to do it so bad. And then as I was just kind of like home and realizing some of my friends were like coming home from missions. Um, you have a wide range of friends. You got ones that are just left yeah. like my son and you've got ones that are back. You have friends yeah. that didn't go on mission. Like you've got a wide range of friends. Totally. And there's, I got friends who are already like started college and things like that. And my sister, she's I think on her like second year of college already. So I'm like, I don't know, like after being home for like a couple months, I was just kind of like having that struggle or that battle where I'm like, I was meeting with stake president like weekly just to kind of like have a little check in with him. And he would just kind of like ask me, you know, how are you doing? How can I help you? You know, you know, those sort of things. Was those questions, you don't have to go in detail, but because even this is kind of selfish for me because I would like some check ins, right? Like what to ask, like what, what's your trajectory? Like are you go that fork in the road, right? Yeah. <laughs> These decisions, you still on this path, this path, how can I help you yeah, no, with what path you're on? Right. Exactly. That, that like was, you still made the, dis- you were still making the decision, but yeah. the, the, the helping was to help. What do you need to keep going down the way that you want to go? Yeah, exactly. And he kind of, I, I kind of asked him about it. I'm like, yeah, I want to really want to make that, uh, like a priority of mine. Like the first time we met, like after being back, you kind of asked me, so like, what's your plan? Like, do you want to get back out there? Do you want to like uh, finish your mission? And I was like, yeah, that's something I really think I need to do. Mm-hmm. And so I said, like, okay, let's plan it. Let's, let's try and like work towards that. And so he was all for it. And I'm so grateful you know, that I have like such an amazing, you know, state president um, to help that was all for me, you know, going back out and he was all for, you know, me staying out and he's, you know, he, he was just like super great to work with because he helped me kind of like plan like how to get there, how to get to that, you know, that thing. He's like, let's, let's go to the temple, you know, go to the temple when you can and let's, you know, uh, meet regularly, you know, like every Sunday um, after church or, and he's like, also he kind of like set me some like, some like guidelines, right. He was kind of like, if I were you, I would choose, you know, not to really date. And I was just like, yeah, no, that's probably, that's probably a good thing because I feel like if I started dating, then I would just be like, you know, I kind of want to stay home. I kind of want to like, you know, I feel like this is where you know, I can 
there's, there's me at the temple. So tell me about that picture. Uh, that's me, Isaiah, and my friend Luis. Um, did Luis speak at state conference? He, I heard he did. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very great people. They're actually both converts to the church, which is which is amazing. And Isaiah is he's freshly uh, a convert. I think he joined the church about a year ago. I've heard so many great things about him and got to know him like so you didn't crazy know him well. before. I actually went to high school with him. We were in the okay. same grade. So I knew him. I knew one of his like good friends and I, we probably had a class or two together and I kind of talked to him, but didn't really know him a whole okay. lot until I came home and got to be like really close to him and became like really good friends with him. And he's just an all out stud. And that goes for Luis as well. He's actually preparing to serve his mission in Indianapolis here pretty soon. I can't remember when he's heading out, but he's been a member for I think two years now. Um, so yeah, we, we would go to the temple. I would just go with the temple with my friends, different like friends, I feel like each time, but it was generally those those guys. I would go with like Luis or Isaiah. And, and how much of that was you pushing it, stake president, recommending it, parents saying, hey, it'd be great if you went. Like how did that, uh, how, how was that motivation? No, I, I knew that like, like, again, like I said, like going to church was kind of like a thing I needed. I, I knew I needed to do. I feel like the temple was something I knew like I needed to go to. Okay. And so I feel like that was, I don't want to like, I feel like I'm bragging, but like, I feel like that was something I, I knew I needed to do. And I knew that I wanted to go to the temple and like, I knew like if I went and when I go, that's where I was going to feel like the spirit, the strongest. And so I'd go there, you know, and just kind of like, um, do like a, a session or two or, or like a session, you know, and I'd go like probably once or twice uh, a week and, you know, I would go and pray, you know, to help me, you know, just feel peace in my life and make sure that this, you know, path that I'm on or this path that I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on, like going and serving a mission was the right choice. That's good. So, yeah, that's so we go to the temple for a variety of reasons. One of them is to do uh, ordinances for other people. Yeah. But it's it's one of the few places on planet Earth where we can go and get inspiration, quiet our brain, quiet our mind, not have distractions in front of us to where we can have God communicate. So you went there to get personal revelation. Yeah. Because that's, that's huge. Because finding out what the Lord would have you do is key. Because the easier thing would have been just to be like, I'm just going to go back to school maybe. I don't know. Like you're already home. Yeah. You already got through all that. The walk of shame, yeah. <laughs> the paddle of shame, right? You could have, you could have just like it's surfing, come in, walk at the beach, realize no one's looking at you anymore. And then go get in the car and change and drive home. Or you can walk down the beach, look at the ocean for a little bit and figure out where you're going to paddle out and make it back out and catch some more waves. Uh-huh. And like when we're surfing, we have that decision. That's what you did. But like you yeah. were home long enough that, that you, you could have easily gone like, ah, I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna go this and this and this, right? Like, and, uh, but no, but, I like that. But, I love that. But analogy. but but you sounds like you went to the temple to get reassurance and they're like, no, this seems like the harder way, but it's gonna be the better way. Yeah, no, I love that analogy. That was was perfect. It was spot on. You went on some surf trips while you were home. I did. Yeah, it's me and my friend Ethan Bocut. He's Ebo. out. He, yeah. Shout out to Ebo. Ebo. He's out uh, serving a mission in Chile. Um, so this is bef- this is post. Yeah, this is first mission. Yes, this is post. 
he you're home he's prepared to get a call right here yeah he okay. he did have his call actually um yeah he did and was yeah planning to go out and this was actually i think a week before he got set apart to go serve his mission and yeah he wanted to go do a big sur trip he loves big sur and i had only been to big sur i think like maybe once or twice and so he kind of like, he knows it. He's like, a, he knows the whole place. He's he, an adventurer. Oh yeah. So he he knows where all the good places are. So me and him and actually Rick Turner, um, shout out to Rick Turner as well. He, we were on that trip, all three of us together. We drove our, my truck up or my dad's truck up and we just yeah went up to Big Sur. And I feel like that, keeping myself busy like that, you know, taking surf trips, taking little breaks like that. And just taking like kind of that advantage of being home, being able to surf really brought me a lot of peace, you know, just being in nature and being in like surfing, being in the water is great. And taking these little trips, going on like little vacations like that, um, really helped me. And no matter like where you are in life, I feel like that just helps you just to do things that you love to do that bring you peace. Was there any time when you're on that surf trip like that? Like you're the type of kid that I would imagine like could just live in a van on that cliff. I could, be fine. I could definitely do that. <laughs> I could see myself, you know, just living right there on that. So when you're there, are you like, did, did it cross your mind or were you just lined up? Like, no, this is just, this is just buying me time until I get back on a mission or you're like, Oh, this is sweet. I can just go get a job and sell snow cones and get in my van and go up here. Yeah, no, it was, I feel like, 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 was that, or did you waffle back and forth? I'm, I'm getting like you didn't, which is impressive, but that's shocking to me too. Um, no, like I, I loved to having that, those, the, just those like opportunities of being able, like, I don't know, like also going through this, this process, having to like I'll work through it so I can get back out on the mission, but also having fun too, you know, cause I feel like if I was still like a missionary, I was still like set apart as a missionary, just being home not being able to do those things. I think that would just kind of kill me inside. Just, you know, being home. Didn't president you know. Evanson say like, live your life. Like, Oh yeah. He told live. me that he's like, go, you know, go surf, go have fun at the beach, go hang out with your friends, you know, just do don't all get that. A girlfriend. Yeah. Just don't get a, just don't get a girlfriend. <laughs> he, he highly recommended that. I was like, no, I totally agree. Cause I feel like if I got a girlfriend or started why, dating, why, why do you agree with that? So maybe there's someone listening to this. that's like, got a girlfriend or once get a girlfriend, why is that good advice? Uh, why is I, not that just a man holding you back? No, because I know myself, you know, personally, and I know that if I'm around girls or if I have a girlfriend, like that's going to like, I, I just don't think my, the best. I feel like Messes girlfriends me. are great. Dating is great. But, you know, I, I know myself and I know the, like the situation I'm in. And I feel like if I had a girlfriend or if I was like dating, I'd be like, you know, this is sweet. This is like so much better than a mission. You know, <laughs> like I'm living time and a place. There wasn't the time for that. Yeah, no, so, totally. So uh, the state president or the church isn't anti-girlfriend. It's just timing of that. Maybe yeah, that be the best. exactly. If, <laughs> if that's your goal, like if your goal was to return on a mission. Yeah. So it's like if your goal is to become a good surfer on a shortboard, Lay off the cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you're in cheeseburgers, then maybe a longboard's better for you. You might be able to <laughs> put more in. So it kind of depends on wh where do you want to go. And then let's mentor you to there. And it sounds like that's yeah. you were, um, that was your goal when you got back. It was like, I'm going to go back out. Um, was there, and I don't know the answer to this. So like, was there ever, uh, we went through those three areas, but like sometimes there's still like a possibility the the church or whatever would say, ah, don't go back out. Like you feel like it's 
that's not like, is that part of that process? Um, well, I, so I submitted my like papers again, or I had to, I wrote like a, a little letter, you know, to the mission department, letting them know like how it's been, you know, being home. And one, one time you did that. Yeah. So I, I did that like once and president Evanson really wanted me to just kind of like write a letter. Okay. How um, much time had passed for that? Uh, this was about a month ago. It was at the beginning of January. So I, I, or so it's been like three months after, after you've been home about three months. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so I was just kind of like letting them know what my, you know, general feelings were about, um, whether it was like a staying home or going back out on a mission. And for me, it was going back out on a mission. And I, so I wrote this letter and I was just like, yeah, this is something, you know, I really, I, I'm working towards and I'm working with state president on it. I've been going to the temple I've been, you know, reading my scriptures, saying my prayers, spending time with family, uh, doing the best that I can. And yeah, my goal is still to go, you know, back out and serve a mission. And, you know, I was just kind of like waiting to hear back from them because that was, you know, I was told that I would be able to go back out and you know, finish my mission. And so state president was like, yeah, let's, you know, I'll write a letter to the mission department, letting them know like how great you've been doing and, you know, what you've been doing. Then you write a letter as well. And then let's, you know, let's hear back from them. And so he, he was telling me, you know, like everything's perfect. Everything's going good. Like, you know, we should get something within the, like the next week. Uh, we'll hear back from the mission department, whether or not you, you're going to go back out and finish or when you're going to go back out and finish and where you're going to go back out and finish your mission. And so I'm like, okay, sweet. You know, and then I waited that week and nothing came and I was waiting. Even I texted, I was like, anything, any word. He's like, nope, still haven't. I, I called them several times, left a voicemail. Nothing. Yeah. And then in between, I know I sent you text like, "Hey, what's up?" Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> should get it yet? Yeah. <laughs> and not knowing like, is this bad? Like, I don't know that. Like, is this cool to ask? I feel like we're tight enough that we're, I was okay to ask that. No, no, that was yeah, totally. And that was, you know, I writing that letter kind of just helps me kind of put it in, in perspective. You know, is that um, the longest letter you've ever written by hand. It was actually, it wasn't that long. It was only like two, three <laughs> paragraphs. School? Yeah. Cause I was like, I, I yeah, it wasn't like double like <laughs> Was space. it MLA format? <laughs> MLA format. No, <laughs> it was just, he, I asked him if it had to be anything like that and how long it needed to be. He's like, there's no like yeah. format for it. You yeah. can just like go and just honestly write down your opinions, write down everything like that you feel that you need to say and then you're good. And so I had him like, look over it, read it. He's like, yeah, that's great. That's perfect. And that sounds, you know, just like you it came from the heart mm-hmm. and yeah, then it went on its way. And then yeah, two weeks after that, like I was saying that week where nothing came, I was just kind of feeling like, well, and my dad, even my, you know, just kind of like my parents, I don't want to throw them under the bus. They're honestly, they won't like, even listen to this story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, um, they, they were honestly like, well, you know, it's, it's been like forever and I'm not hearing back from them. This is super lame that the mission department doesn't want to get you guys back out there. You know, people make mistakes and you know, people have hard Your times. Your parents said this. Yeah. They're just mm-hmm. like, you know, well, like, what are you thinking? What do you want to do? You know, are you sure you really want to go back out and finish? Are you ready to like, you know, I don't know. They were just kind of like saying that. And my dad's like, you know, if it was, if it was me, I would have choose to just like stay home. Like you're stronger than I am, but I think I, I don't think I could have done it. I don't think I can do it. Like if just waiting to hear back from them and just like getting no word, and not hearing anything from them, not even like saying, oh yeah, we'll, we're reading it. We're looking it over or it's, it's looked over your essays looked over. And you know, I didn't get any of that, any of those words. And I was still just like, I was saying my prayers. I was like making sure this is the good thing and didn't get like, you know, a definite, yes, this is what you're, you know, what you're doing is great. 
and waiting, you know, don't worry, something's going to come. You know, I didn't get really a whole, I knew I got this piece though. I knew this, you know, I still wanted to you know, serve a mission. I was like, well, I'm just, I'll just wait. You know, the longer I wait, the shorter time I feel like I have back out there. It's like, you know, win, win for me, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm not, but um, no. And then fin- something finally did come and it was great. It was perfect. I um, just got reassigned to Fort Collins, you know, Colorado to finish the rest of my mission. And, you know, I'm more than excited you know, to get back out there. How did that, how did that call come? How does it come the second time? It was actually, I didn't even get like, usually you get like that, that paper or that email, right? That yeah. says, and the, then it's super long yeah. and then it says, oh, you're assigned to labor yeah. and blah, blah, blah. No, I, I what j- happens? This I got a phone call actually from state president, um, from president uh, Evanson. He called me up in the morning on, I think it was Thursday, a couple of weeks ago, he called me in the morning. And he's like, Hey, I have some good news. And I'm like, no way. Like this is the news I've been waiting for. (laughs) And so he's like, I have like all your information, like where you're going and you know, when you're going and everything. And I'm like, awesome. Like, where am I going? He's like, you're going to Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm like, no way. Like I was super excited. I was just kind of like shocked. Like it's all coming true. This is all like happening. Is it surreal? Like, yeah, it was, oh, wow. it was super surreal. Cause I was like just waiting so long and waiting, like, even though it was only like three, four months that I was waiting, it just felt like a while. Cause I had gotten a job. I was just kind of like almost starting life. And it was just kind of like getting to that point where I'm just like, man, I'm like, maybe I should just like start life. I'm almost like, cause I would have, would be finishing my mission in May, which is only in like a couple like months from now. And I'm like, I'm going to pass that time when I go back out and I was just like, start, everything was just starting to hit me. I was like, I feel like God just kind of puts us in that, the refiner's fire, right? He's like, I'm going to put you in there just a little bit longer. I know you can do it. And so that's what I just kind of like felt when I was like home and just waiting for something to like hear back. And then when I finally did, it was just like, no way is this like actually happening? Like I'm actually going back out to finish. And then I told you, I feel like there may have been another reason why you waited a couple more weeks. Or say, say that again. Uh, there may have been other reasons why you waited a couple more weeks. Yeah, no, there maybe was. Yeah, maybe didn't, wasn't for you. Maybe it was. Lord works mysterious ways. Yeah, totally. Um, the Okay, so do you go back out for, what's the timing like for coming, like, how do they do the math for 24 months? Yeah, so I, it was, it's for kind of, you. Yeah, it's honestly just, President Evanson was honestly, he was kind of talking to me. He was telling me it's kind of up to you. And even when I was supposed to leave, I, he, I, there was no real like date of when I should go back out and finish. Kind of left that up to me as well. Or the mission department left that up to me to kind of decide. W- when your mission will be done. Or like when, my, when I would start my mission. And then so I was like, you know, I feel like the sooner the better, but I don't want to leave like tomorrow or mm-hmm. like, you know, next week or on like Monday. And so I'm like, if I wait just like uh, like two weeks, I feel like I'm prepared. Like that just kind of like hypes me up. I can get packs. I can get like mentally prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then um, I've been talking to state president and I still need to l- talk a little bit more about like when I should come home. Cause I still don't so have. So is like, that a TB deter- yeah, to be determined too? Yeah, to be determined. But yeah, I feel like I would be able to come home in about like July, August. Um, cause that's when I want to go, I want to start school and start college. Cause I feel like if I were to serve, I had about like seven, seven, eight months left. And I feel like if I, when I, I, 
finish my mission if after seven or eight months, then it would just drop me back in like some ran- like a random time in the middle of fall when I should be doing like school. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to um, end, of, end of summer, start fall. That's a good time. Yeah, and they're pretty they're pretty lenient about um like when you could when you could finish. You I I feel like um yeah they're pretty like lenient about that. And that's what I'm what I'm hoping to discuss with uh, with President Evanson in the mission department. My mission president is planning to come home in around like July, August time. So that's six months from now. So that's a pretty the good cur- the mission president for that mission. What what'd you say? The mission president for that mission you're yeah, going yeah. to is coming. Okay. Yeah. So I'm hoping to just kinda like communicate finish with out him. his mission. Yeah. And just talk about when I could, you know, finish my mission. But I feel like six months is like a great time and that's what President Evanson, my bishop, have been talking about that. Like, yeah, that's a great plan. Sir, finish strong after six months and come home and start school. So, dude, when you go back out, like, how much more, like, your perspective of being, like, you're a return missionary going out on a mission. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That I haven't really, honestly, I haven't even. You're a return missionary getting ready to go back out. Like, bro, just give it, like, four more months. And, like, dude, how good of a missionary are you going to be? Like, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Like you already know, like when the end is like, you know, how quick it's going to come, you know, not to deal with all the mission politics. <laughs> you're like, dude, you, why, you know, you got the missionary out. It's like three months out, like not waking up on time. You're like, you freaking punk. Like get up. Like, like how much work you did to come back. Like you're there a hundred percent for the right reasons because it's the second time. Like, yeah. you know how to teach. Your testimony is probably strong. You know the atonement, the repentance, the change, and the joy of, like, making that that hard decision. Like, you didn't even go out at 19, so, like, you waited a while to make sure, like, you're ready for a mission. But now you're even ready. Like, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Like, you're, I would imagine your next, the next, uh, your next mission is just going to be so much more powerful. Like, Thanks. No, I, yeah, I honestly haven't really thought a whole lot about that think as about well. That. And think I feel about that. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I haven't even like taught. I feel like I haven't taught like the gospel in, in so long. I feel like I'm just going to be. You live the gospel though. Rusty. You, you've lived it. Yeah. Like you went living the gospel is going through hard times, relying on personal revelation to decide what to do. Going to the temple acting on that uh, spiritual confirmation, even though it's scary, right? The easier part would have been go get that van again and go live up the coast. Like that would have been easy, <laughs> right? But would have been worth it, right? Like like you're getting ready to not, you're jumping back in to not do the easy thing, but you're doing it for the right. It's like going surfing, right? Like you want to paddle out, like you are prepared to go surf that reef break that's like gnarly and like you got to take off at the right spot. You've been watching it. You got washed in and you've been on the beach watching it, pumping, like getting into shape so you can paddle back out to go get this really good wave. And it's like a different surf spot, but like you're like, if you're an experienced surfer, you're and you're going to do it way better. You're an experienced missionary. <laughs> Thanks. No. Yeah. I just, I'm honestly just like super excited to just kind of so, see how it is to have those like well, new experiences and everything. So, so. It's, it's a little, so my last uh, analogy is going to share with what I learned from going. I, so I am, I may be one of the few, what they call normies that have been going to 12 step meetings for many, many years. And then we even do a podcast where we, my co-host is an addict in recovery. We interview people that are, 
you know, uh, addicts in recovery or spouses of family members that were in, that are in recovery for a variety of addictions, you know, uh, drugs, alcohol, porn, sex, eating, you name it, like the whole list. One of the, one of the things that kind of, it shocked me the first few times I go to these meetings and I would hear this person like go through, like share a very rough patch of life. Like when you, most people, when they get into a 12 step meeting, they've hit bottom. And for some of those bottoms, it's like, I've lost my wife. I've lost my job, lost my house, all this stuff. They go through this and then they're like, I'm thankful that I went through that. And they're like sincere. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, how are you thankful for that? And I remember like thinking to myself, like, seriously, they're thankful. And I go to Jay, my co-host on the one. I'm like, Jay, come on. Why are they saying they're thankful? And then he just like would explain like, look, I wouldn't pick what I had to go through. To, like I wouldn't put this on somebody else to like have to go through this. But the fact that I went through this successfully has made me such a better human being. And I would imagine you, I get, what I get the sense is like, would would you recommend my son Logan come home from his mission early? No, I don't. Rec- I don't recommend it at all. But but you're a freaking better. You're going to be such a better missionary that you've done it. Yeah. Like it's not like normal protocol. Of like hey, come home from your mission for a few months. Like go surfing, go on camp trips, work a job, and then go back out. Like that's not the normal path. But yet, if you if you happen to do that. And you do it right, you're going to be so much of a better missionary. Totally. And, and it's, I'm, I'm bringing that parallel to someone that's in recovery. Like when we have the word of wisdom on purpose, we have a lot of chastity on purpose. They're like, stay away from these things because you can get sucked into this world really quick. And it's going to feel, be fun for a while. Like, like anyone who's drinks or does drugs or that indulges in the sex stuff, like, I'm sure it's fun for a while. They all say, yeah, it's great for a while. And then it doesn't get, it's not fun anymore. And they don't wish that upon anybody, but yet having gone through that, successfully going through it, then it's great. So what you've pulled off, which may be the, the, uh, which may be a miracle answer to prayers, but you've pulled it off successfully because not everyone does. They come home and they get all that fear of what are people going to say to me? I don't want anyone to talk to me. And then they make that other fork in the road that you didn't pick. And then they're, they are living in that van up the river or wherever it is. And they're, and then they're like, are they better off because of that? I don't know. Like maybe, maybe not. I would argue if you chose that and there's no way I know you. Um, but you chose the hard er, and it's going to be better. Totally. It's like, uh, so Let's go back. I'm going to try to bring it back to that. So grandpa's bought that point break. I want you to surf. And let's say you got washed in a few times, <laughs> but then you learn from it and you go back out. You're going to appreciate it so much more. So sometimes even getting washed in like those surf sessions where you get pounded and pounded and pounded, and then you get the good wave. You appreciate that good wave so much more than if every wave goes right. Totally. So you got pounded a few times spiritually, physically, whatever your home. It was, it was hard for your family, hard for everyone to go through and hard because you have to make those decisions. Your parents aren't making those decisions for you. 
stake president not making those decisions. Bishop's not. We hope you make some decisions, but like we're not making them. You made those decisions. You were you were coached or uh, encouraged or mentored, whatever you want to call it. But ultimately, you're making that decision. But I'm telling you, it's gonna. You're gonna come back and go. I hope you come back and say, I'm so glad I came home for my mission. And people are going to hear that and like, don't tell the other kids that. It's not like you don't want to, not like you're recommending that to people. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you did and you did sex successfully, that's, that's, uh, I almost said something. <laughs> <that you did. laughs> it's rad. No, I, I love that. And totally like, I totally agree with those, the, the people that you're, you know, talking about in the, in the ARP, um, how they're so thankful that they went through it and it is, it is hard. Like you said, it is super hard, but it is so worth it. And I feel like for me, it was just like the very beginning was like probably the hardest part. And then like going through it was a little bit easier just because I'd already pushed all that, you know, kind of, I guess, bringing it back to that surf analogy. I feel like you, you just got past like the whitewash zone and maybe you're paddling back out, getting into the lineup. And I feel like that's kind of like, I, I, just, I passed kind of like all the, the crap, um, that I was scared about and that I was stressed about. And then I was just working towards getting back out there and then working towards it. Um, there was obviously it was a little harder for sure. I was just like working towards it. And then, you know, leading up to it, it's just like, Oh man, I'm just like getting anxious. I'm getting excited. I can't wait to like, you know, start and I can't wait to, you know, hear where I'm going, things like that. And so I'm just so grateful. I had that experience to get, uh, made me stronger, I guess. And, it kind of just made it so real for me to like realize how real, you know, it is and how real the gospel is, how real the atonement is, how real, you know, God is and that there is a God and that, you know, it's just making it all super real. And then that also makes it super real for me to go back on my mission. And it makes me realize what I was doing out there was real and helping people, you know, changing people's lives you know, that was all, that was all real. And I'm about to, you know, go back out and do that. And I'm just, you know, super excited. It's like, uh, that car that's like revved up, like, and the brakes on and you let the brakes off. (laughs) Boom. Taking off. You're there next week. So Karen, Austin, can't wait to interview you when you get back. Excited. Let's see what a little outro song plays. Oh, we're a little. Here we go. He paid my tab and put me in a cab, but he didn't have to. Let's listen to this while we go out. Listen to these lyrics here. Oh, I wish I'd got his name. Cause I didn't feel worth saving. But he saved me just the same. Oh, Lord.
give you the chills, huh? Yeah, not a huge country fan, but I love it. It's great. All right, Karen. We'll see you in a couple months. All right. Thanks for having me. How long?